Good evening, everyone. It's kind of a bittersweet evening for me. I don't know about you guys. So for those of you who still do not yet know, unfortunately, this evening is Genevieve's very last evening with us. And you fly out on Saturday? Yeah. So we will not see her again at our evening service after this evening. So let me give you a heads up of how our evening is going to unfold. So I'm going to share with us now some of God's word. And then immediately after that, we're going to have words of affirmation that we want to share with Genevieve because she has come to mean so much to us here at Pinelands Baptist. So I want you to start thinking now already. Um, thank you will not suffice. <laughs> Say that. I want you to start thinking now already about what Jenny has come to mean to you and, and what she has come to mean to us. But let's focus for a few moments, and I'm going to try to be as brief as I can um, on God's Word. And so, um, where we are standing right now in the world, I believe that there are a number of crises going around in the world. One of them is the coronavirus, and if you don't know, we have three confirmed cases in the country as it stands. So let me tell you um, that the Minister of Health says to us that we should not um, panic. So let me say to you, don't panic. Um, don't be scared, um, and just follow the protocol that is being given to us. Things like wash your hands, don't cough or sneeze on one another. If the trend continues, then it will probably be in Cape Town soon. Um, but let's not panic about it. That's one of the crises that we are facing in the world at the moment. Another crisis is the refugee crisis that we are facing. And it is one that has been on our doorstep here in South Africa for a number of years. Quite recently we had, um, if you've been following what's been going on in the news, we've had a, we've had a, a, a exchange between our authorities and refugees who have settled in, in Cape Town around Green Market Square, and that ended out, um, that ended to, uh, quite ugly, um, if you can remember. A headline that I read lately about the, the refugee crisis in Syria says that the cameras have gone, but the suffering continues. Just yesterday I read a news report about what's going on in Greece, People are still arriving from Syria today, from, from Syria and trying to get access into Greece. And the Greeks are people who are known for their hospitality and they are saying, no more, please. It is unfortunate that they have, they have spent five years' budget in one year on health care for people who have come in trying to find refugees, trying to find a refuge at least. And we are witnessing on a global scale, a massive shift of humanity unlike we have seen before. Uh, statistics say that there are about 70 million people around the world who have become displaced from their homes. And those people are mothers who are longing to return home. They are fathers who are yearning to work again. And they are children searching for a childhood that they have never known yet. Last week, Genevieve shared with us some of her story. 
and she eloquently started to unpack for us some of the life of someone who himself was a refugee if we use modern day language. Abraham was living in a place where there was famine and there was infighting amongst the tribes where he was situated. We can read about that in Genesis chapter 12 and 13. Now you won't find the term refugee, migrant, asylum seeker, immigrant in the Bible. You won't find those terms in the Bible. But instead, Scripture speaks of strangers, sojourners, or foreigners in our Bible translations. And so Genevieve helped us in starting to unpack for us some of the dynamics of the lives of Abraham and his sons. And so I would like for us this evening to continue in that vein. And so I want us to call this evening's message, It's Time to Go. When we first meet Abraham in the Bible, he is called Abram. He is the son of Terah, and he's living in this land called Ur, which is, in modern-day terms, close to the Persian Gulf. But as we read the story, we see that Ur is not destined to continue to be Abraham's home. Although there was famine in the land and there was constant conflict between the tribes in the place where Abraham was living, Abram actually found himself to be quite wealthy. Genesis chapter 13 and verse 2 says, Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And so as we read the story, it was amid all of this, these things that were happening around Abram in the land of Ur, that he heard God say to him, Abram, it's time to go. And the Lord says to Abram, the very well-known text that we know, he says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. When I think about this and I think about the context of this story, it's actually interesting to see how God is able to use the circumstances that we find ourselves in to help us to hear him better. It's amazing how he's able to do that. He places us in situations that in a sense open our ears and open our eyes. Now, reasonably speaking, wealthy people usually do fine. They do okay during times of hardship. And so they are able better to withstand the hardships that other, other people who don't have the resources that they have are able to withstand the challenges that the, the circumstances present to them. And so I imagine for Abraham that this instruction that God gives him to go is one that he would not have made within a few hours or a few days or even a few weeks. I think that he would actually have had to disentangle himself from the culture that had brought him to this point. 
And this would have taken him a number of days, perhaps weeks, maybe even a few months to get to the point of making this decision. The ultimate goal that God had for Abram was not to be at home. And the shocking thing is that for him to be blessed and to be a blessing to others, Abraham must leave home. He can't stay. He has to depart into the unknown, nor can he hope or long to return to what had become um, familiar to him. And so this, when I think about it, must have been an identity-shattering event. The place that God decides to position you and me in is of profound importance in relation to what God wants to do in you and through you. Where God positions and places you is very important. And so for Abram, this was a very dramatic shift in his understanding of that. And so who who Abram is going to be must have been a question in his mind. Now that he was no longer master of the world that he had built for himself and his family, because God was asking him to make a change that affected all aspects of his life. And so for him, it would have been the countryside where he had grazed his flocks. It would have been his lifestyle His living quarters would now change that he had gotten to know so well. The places where he would have sourced supplies for his livestock and food for his family, all of that would have changed. The family and the clan that God was asking him to leave behind. And then even his religion. As we know through historical evidence, the place of Ur was a place where people were polytheists. They believed in lots of different gods, a god for everything. And this god for each particular item required worship. And amongst all of these things that are going around in Abraham's head, God says to him, it's time to go. I wonder, and some of us have had to grapple with this, What is it like to depart and know that you will never return home again? What's it like to go from the place that you know well and not to know where you are going? I wonder what the conversations must have been like between Abraham and some of his clan members who were traveling with him when they asked him, where are we going? I don't know. What will we do when we get there? I don't know. How will we continue to sustain ourselves? We have been doing so well in Ur. I don't know. And so you know what? I think that you can ask yourself the same question this evening. And I think that this is actually a question that Jen has been struggling with for days and weeks and months leading up to this point. And so probably Bernadette 
and Carter and Julie have also had to ask themselves questions. And perhaps another way to ask this question is, what are you prepared to risk? What fears are you willing to face to go? How will you be received when you arrive at the place that God is telling you to go to? When I am there, will I be provided for? And the list of questions can continue. Now the Bible is full of stories of people who are asked by God to go. And their going is not always a physical departure to a new address. The unknown land that God calls us to can be a new job. Different to what we may be trained for. It could be a new way of understanding God. It may even be that he asks us to start being within a new circle of friends that you may not have considered to hang out with. It may also be a question of just simply making yourself available to serve. And maybe God has been saying to you, go. And maybe you have been thinking about this for days and weeks and months. And as scripture shows, sometimes people respond with resistance or worry or suspicion But the mark of faithfulness is that people respond by going. And so as we consider the story of Abraham and Sarah, the Bible presents them as people who live by faith in God. And so we see that they trust that the place that God is directing them to even if it is an unknown or a scary place, is the place that they most need to be in. The story of Sarah and Abraham teaches that the place of blessing, or the place that blessing is to be found, is not usually in the familiar. It is to be found by departing into the unknown. Now, as I read the story again, I wondered to myself, but why couldn't Abraham just stay where he was and continue to do what he was doing because he was resourced well enough? The Bible clearly says to us that he was a wealthy man. And if he stayed there, then God could have just told him what he needed or wanted to tell him right there in Ur where he was. But I think that there are two things, and there probably are more, but there are two things that we can say in response to that kind of thinking. For Abraham to be blessed and to be a blessing, Abraham needed to trust God implicitly. And so for that to happen, all human support and influence needed to be removed. He needed to remove himself from a place where people were worshipping false gods. And he needed to move to a new place 
where he could focus only on the one true God and also move away from the comforts of home. I think, simply put, we are more prone to rely on God when we are in a place that we don't know. And God knows this. That's the first thing. Secondly, God's plans for Abraham are both national and international. The outcomes of the plans that God has for him goes beyond himself. And so for this to happen, Abraham actually needed to develop a new identity and a new worldview. And this worldview extended beyond his known realm. And I think that God wants us also this evening to have this eternal worldview that extends beyond just the comfort that we have come to know. And so he calls us to expand and to extend our territory, not only for ourselves, but for the sake of the world. In John chapter 3, there's this story about Jesus and he's having a conversation with this guy called Nicodemus. And in this conversation, Jesus says that unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. We all think have heard this before. You must be born again. And Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus points us, I think, to a very profound truth about human existence. And it's this, for life to flourish, people must first leave the perceived safety and warmth and nurture of their mother's womb. You can't stay. Now, I know that kangaroos have mastered it, in a sense, by <laughs> hanging around in their mother's pouch. But can you imagine what would happen if you stayed in your mother's womb? That'd be an ex. <laughs> That would be an explosive situation. Now that seems obvious. <laughs> that seems obvious, but when I think about it in a deeper sense, then I think we discover that we spend a lot of time as grown people creating for ourselves surrogate or artificial wombs that protect us from the harsh realities of the world. I have noticed in the short time that I have been in full-time ministry that people, when they have to deal with the world's pain or the suffering of the people who they love, they tend to want to get into a fetal position and shut everything out. It's like they want to escape to a womb-like place where they can feel safe and where they can feel nurtured never to be hurt again. And so some of those people, and I know none of us here are like that, they sometimes then, as an outcome to that, they choose to only socialize with people who make them feel warm and fuzzy. And they sometimes then only do things that they themselves enjoy. And they don't want to be disturbed from that comfortable place. 
And then along comes Jesus. And Jesus tells us that we must be born again. And he tells us that we need to leave our places of presumed safety. And he tells us that it's time to go. So follow me. And I believe that Jesus has every right to say that to us. Because he himself was told by his Father in heaven, go. Jesus himself was someone who left the splendor of heaven to come and to be with us here in this sinful, broken world. I am so thankful that God does not ever abandon people who are on this journey of faith. And though there may be plenty of times when we feel that we have been abandoned, the story of Jesus Christ is that God will be our companion even when we enter the darkest and the most terrifying and the most lonely places of our world. There is no place that we can go that God has not always already promised to go with us. And so this evening, as we bid farewell to Genevieve and to Gareth and the boys, and next week it will be your turn, Bernadette, let us remind ourselves as Christians that our home is not the place that we build for ourselves the place where we can be comfortable and secure, knowing that we have done everything that we can do to be masters of our own fate in our own minds. Our home is the kingdom of God, a place that we enter under the power and the companionship of the Holy Spirit. And in his kingdom, there is no place that people will not go to care for one another's need or to celebrate someone else's success. And so we can ask ourselves the question this evening as we think about going. Where is God calling me to go? And so I think that we can say to ourselves, perhaps as we consider this, that it's time for us to welcome the love that casts out all fear. It's time to join with God in God's own outbound journey to bring healing and delight to the many places of the world's loneliness and pain. And so for us tonight, I think that we should heed the call to go.